Welcome to the Han Jam Rancho, the audacious podcast by Hannah Rankin. I am your host, Hannah Rankin, and I interview guests who have made bold moves to create positive change, be that personally or societally. My guests are collectively from a plethora of diverse backgrounds and together we discuss a vast array of topics. If it is empowering and audacious, you will find it here on the Hanjam Ran Show. This episode, Lauren Nicole Coppin Campbell talks about taking a leap of faith with an opportunity that felt a bit out of her depth at the time, but allowed the introduction of her own inner Sasha Fierce and in turn took her on a life-changing journey. Laura Nicole is vulnerable, open, kind-hearted, and this episode is all about the complex balance of how much and in what way we should weight the importance of our appearance. That being said, I do just want to add a little disclaimer here and say that Laura Nicole is possibly one of the most beautiful people I follow on Instagram. She's just absolutely breathtaking. And maybe she is all the more gorgeous because her happiness and warmth shines through. I'm evidently not the only one that feels this way, as last week, Laura Nicole announced that she is the new contributing curve editor for Cosmopolitan at just 22 years old. It is so inspiring to watch other people's dreams come true, especially when they are so deserving. Listen on to understand exactly what I mean and go follow her at FK on Instagram. You can find me at Ran and the podcast at The Ran Show, where I share more regular content with the same audacious and empowering ethos as is on the show. Now sit back and welcome the soothing aura of Lauren Nicole. So I thought, where better to start than with your first audacious move, which was starting your blog at the humble age of 16, if I'm correct? Yeah, I was 15, 10 and 16, yeah. That's amazing. What kind of motivated you to start that process of sharing online? Sure. So um, prior to that blog, I previously had a blog that was called Teen Gossip and it was all about I was just obsessed with celebrity culture at the time and like obsessed over reading Perez Hilton's um oh my god this was way before he was problematic <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> and yeah I was just super obsessed so I started Teen Gossip when I was I think I want to say like maybe 12 or 13 um fell out of love with kind of celebrity culture and and the salacious kind of sense that comes with it and Mm. really just in love with fashion and I wanted to become a fashion journalist um so my mentor at the time uh said maybe you should you know really think about doing a fashion blog and I had been kind of um thinking about the idea and had spoken to a friend and my friend and I were going to do a a blog together he was going to do like a menswear section and I was going to do a female section um women's wear section and I just it just didn't end up happening so I was like you know what yeah sure I'm gonna do this and that's how Fashion Killer came to life I think also um my friends probably had had enough of me talking about like the items of clothing that I had seen on my 
um, <laughs> weekend shopping spree. So they were probably just like, babes, can you like just take this somewhere else? So it ended up serving a, a, a better purpose. I love that. I I mean, wow, what a great spirit to have from such a young age. And also you touched on having a mentor. I think that's, yeah. mentors have played a huge part in my journey, but I definitely hadn't sought one out in that that space at such a young age but I I also had a fashion blog back in the day (laughs) um but I really struggled with consistency because I I put it out and then I get self-conscious or you know a bit of compare and despair and a panic (laughs) and like tear it all down considering you were a teenager and you had all of the things that teenagers have going on um how that evolved for you over the years I mean looking at it now as a platform it's so polished and I'm sure it's been through a journey in itself and probably reflects your own growing up in a way yeah definitely um so it was a really I think it's been a really interesting journey journey obviously I started when I was in secondary school so you know I had to contend with doing essays and exams and um, you know, making sure that I was on top of my education. And of course, that always came first. So there had definitely been peaks where um, I wasn't writing consistently for like maybe six months, um, maybe even more. And then I'd get back into the flow of it and like upload like maybe, I don't know, like five blog posts in one week. Um, mm. And then another week, you don't really see anything. Um, consistency has been a a a difficult thing I would say for me as well um especially then when once I trans I kind of um transformed from from secondary school to university and I was studying journalism at university and I think if you're going to uh do a course that requires so much writing um sometimes the the blog uh doesn't get as much love as it should do and I found myself in this really interesting space where writing no longer became something that I was super like in love with because actually a lot of the pieces that I had to write for university was being critiqued and was being marked and graded and being picked apart even if it was a good piece but just kind of you know having to go through that whole thing of well does this meet the criteria and the and making sure I met the deadline so I definitely went through a period of time where I wasn't really writing at all um and then I want to say it's at the start of this year, but you know, this year has been really strange. So the concept of time, I I have no idea what that is, but I think it was at the start of this year. Um, I relaunched Fashion Killer. Yes, I'm correct. It was the start of this year. Um, I relaunched Fashion Killer and I wanted it to be more of a digital magazine than it being a personal blog, which had been for many years prior. Um, yeah. And so I brought on some writers and I think it is now such a diverse uh, platform, you know, I've got writers who solely just want to speak about fashion, such as Lucy Cohen, I've got writers who just want to speak about uh, skincare, such as Joey, I've got myself who, like, likes to probably give too much detail on (laughs) sex and relationships, um, and all these other things that happen in our lives, and, um, I just think it's it represents now more so than ever before just 
you know, the average, the average woman, um, and probably even the average person to a certain extent, because, you know, men are interested in, um, skincare as much as women, and, yeah, so, it's, it's, it's transformed, and I'm so thankful that, um, I've been able to find the people that I have who have, you know, contributed to it, but it's definitely transformed into a platform that I'm super proud of, um, and, yeah, we're, we're trying to, you know, expand and, and create a a platform that is, you know, well-versed and diverse and represents all people from all different walks of life, um, but it's definitely a struggle, um, and of course, Corona, as, as I'm sure with most things, have set us back and set people back, um, but yeah, it's been a great, a great journey so far. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it comes across really well uh, that you discuss the full spectrum of interest that any one person may have. It doesn't have to be a really one dimensional conversation, you know. Um, Thinking ahead to your second audacious experience, we need to look back at when it was more of a personal blog. And this ended up being the platform that got you scouted for modeling and that's been a whole ride so tell us about that process so I want to say at this point I had been blogging for maybe like a year and a half yeah my yeah probably a year and a half because I was scouted when I was 17 so yeah like maybe a year and a half um coming up to two years um and in in my first year, I had been uh, nominated by Company Magazine as like best teen star blogger. So all of these things were kind of happening in terms of me being approached um, and kind of being seen by, I guess you could say, industry people. Um, And by the time I was like 17, maybe 16, no, I must have been 17. I had been approached by uh, the brand manager of a independent plus size brand. And she was, we had followed each other actually for quite some time before then. She had a whole kind of like fitness and health journey that she was going through and uploading on Instagram about that. And I was kind of really interested in mm. kind of following those sorts of uh you know, accounts at that time. So we've been in discussion about kind of the the company that she worked for, but that wasn't really a lot of the conversations that we were having. It wasn't, that wasn't really the primary focus. Um, So anyway, she had then once shared with me that she had shared my blog and Instagram with the owners of the brand uh, and that they were interested in working with me. In my head, I really just thought it was going to be kind of something that I would do alongside blogging. So maybe I would write some articles for them or maybe write um, something on their website or something of that sort. I didn't think it was going to be anything related to uh, modelling. She asked me to come in for a casting. Again, I wasn't because I didn't have like a lot of knowledge in terms of how kind of in the way that I do now. So I know like now if a brand is interested in working with a content creator or a blogger, for example, there's not necessarily a casting process. That's more of like a modeling thing. But at the time, I really did think that that might have just been (laughs) a blogging. Yeah. 
um so she asked me to come in um and then when I got there she was like would you mind trying on these clothes and this swimwear and again I was kind of just like okay sure like I'm not really seeing what that what this is supposed to be about but okay um and she then were like she was then like uh well we would love you to be a part of our debut swimwear collection um shoot um and our spring summer collection and I was like um okay and I kind of left and was just like uh, I'm not really sure like what's happening but I'll okay I'll do it um came home told my mom about it she was like okay this sounds like an interesting kind of thing uh maybe like maybe maybe mm, maybe two or three days before the actual shoot uh they had a press event for their swimwear collection and that was actually my first time being introduced to the plus size community in terms of plus size blogging community. Um, there was also some models there. So there was Felicity Haywood there. Um, mm. so I got to meet, you know, people, my peers now. Um, but at the time, I kind of just was like, this is really new and interesting for me. And I had never really been surrounded by um, these types of people before because my only kind of introduction to the blogging community was attending the company magazine awards and um I think I once prior to that went to ASOS's um head office but there was no other bloggers there it was just like me meeting their PR so mm. this was like my first ever event I get there um and Felicity and I have like this brief conversation and she's like well well I think I can't remember if I said it or she said it but we were both just like okay well we'll I'll see you in a few days um we I then turned up to the shoot a few days later and um got my hair and makeup done again a surreal experience I had never had anyone contour my face before <laughs> um albeit I you know had played with makeup before because I liked watching YouTube videos at the time I had never really you know done a full glam at that point um so that was super interesting and I remember sending my mom pictures and she was like who is this person yeah. <laughs> um, and Felicity went on set first and I watched her in absolute awe she was and she is she's just she's got this aura about her that is spectacular and the way that she works on set is just it's something to watch um I wish she did more behind the scenes videos because she's a phenomenal model but um so I watched her first and then it was my turn to go and I was like okay and I don't know what happened I'll, I'll, I'll be completely honest but I don't know if it had been my those few times in the mirror where I had pretended that I was Beyonce or something else but it was like this Sasha Fierce moment that happened where I was just fine in front of the camera and everyone was super shocked they were like Lauren I thought you hadn't done this before I was like I haven't um and we did the entire collection we did their swimwear and their spring summer collection I left and I think at, only at that point had it hit me that I had just modeled in swimwear but I had also like modeled for a brand but particularly that I had modeled swimwear because growing up I had dealt with a lot of issues in terms of body dysmorphia and body image issues and I left and I kind of was just like, what the hell did I just do? <laughs> um, but not in a sense of I wasn't happy about what had taken place, but just kind of like, what the hell have I done? 
Um, and then the collection went live. And I remember when it went live, I was in Zara in Westfield at the time. I was actually in the queue and my phone was just buzzing. And I was like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> and yeah, like the, the collection had been featured in Cosmo. It had been featured in Slink magazine. Um, and, you know, people were tweeting me about it and messaging me. And at this time I didn't have a massive following, but from the few women in the industry that I had met, I had, you know, gained, I think maybe I had at the time, like maybe 5,000 followers. Um, so it was just a bit of a whirlwind that happened. I then ended up doing their autumn winter collection and maybe a few, like two months after that, my current agency, IMM, uh, reached out and asked me to sign with them and I left uni no I was literally en route home from uni and they said will you come into the office today um we'd like to sign you so I went home very quickly because I turned up to uni that day looking an absolute mess went home very quickly got changed went back um out went to their office signed and and that was pretty much it like I think the next the day after I was signed I had a casting my first ever casting um as a signed model so yeah it was it it's been an interesting uh journey to say the least yeah it's very uh, inspiring to hear how things can unfold for you without us always understanding what direction or what route like one endeavor is going to take us and I think that's a really great thing to learn from such a young age of um I always say like taking the expectation out of things like you put the action in and then take your hands off the wheel and 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 see what unfolds because we're not we're not in charge ultimately definitely and I had never really wanted to model I remember having conversations with um friends and just saying like if I only ever model for this one brand that's completely fine with me like I'm there was no you know desire really to be signed or to model for other brands it was just kind of like a okay you've been given this opportunity have some fun with it like you're at school you're at uni there's you know your aim here isn't really to be a model it's to be a journalist so let's just go with the flow of things and and see what happens and yeah we somehow I've ended up here now so yeah well, you've been able to entwine both of those passions, yeah. which is beautiful. So I wonder what it meant for your younger self when you were there on the photo shoot and also since how your career has unfolded before you, what it meant to that younger Lauren that that had those body issues. Yeah, I think the thing that's interesting about modelling is that under normal circumstances so for example you're a tv anchor or you write newspaper articles you go to work you turn up you write your boss might tell you that you've got a few too many grammar mistakes or that your your headline isn't catchy enough but your value comes from from that i guess to a certain extent it comes from your skill it comes from your ability to write for example whereas with modeling your value is really about your looks um mm. so for me I think to begin with it was like a double-edged sword so in one way it felt like wow I can't believe these people see 
this beauty or see that I would be worthy of this when for so long I had done things like cover my um my mirrors in my room with blankets so that I didn't have to look at myself or didn't want to go out because I felt like everyone would look at me and laugh which are all these all these things that were really just in my head but to then have someone say we love the way that you look and actually we'd like you to model for us it's 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 a very strange thing but then on the other side of that you've got things such as you go to a casting and uh you know you go to a casting and you hope that you've got the job and then you hear nothing back or it's uh sorry but we don't want to use you this time so there's this push and pull that happens um where it's like you're beautiful you're beautiful you're not good enough you're not good enough um Mm. and for me I think the one thing I will say is that albeit I've been in this industry now for a, a while um I'm happy that my my growth and my success has been a slow burner just in the sense of yes I've had to deal with a lot of rejection and yes I've had a lot of successful moments but there hasn't been this overwhelming sense of um complete rejection or complete uh, appraisal and I think that sometimes whether it's the either one it can it can really have effect on on your mental health um and albeit I've had my own issues with mental health aside from modeling um I don't think it has always it can always be um an empowering moment when when sometimes you're not getting the job isn't because uh you know you're you're not a good enough singer or you're not a good enough dancer but it's because your looks aren't good enough or aren't Mm. maybe not good enough but aren't what the client wants yeah and it feels so personal yeah I did a a tiny bit of um modeling when I was god I think I got signed when I was 14 but this is for like adult (laughs) adult fashion modeling which just feels crazy yeah um, and I did it for about a year when I was 15 and for me I I was of an age where I was skinny because I was a girl growing into a woman but I was also bombarded it was really in a time where I feel that the the vision of beauty was even more rigid than it is today and very small-minded beauty standards and I as a as a teenager not every teenager will have this but I feel that it's fairly common I did have my own body issues and I think even though I was as you said you know you're receiving celebration and also criticism at the same time and even when I was celebrated though it it, for me personally it fueled my own critique voices in my mind and worsened for a long time because also when I was going into the agency I had people in their 30s like almost clapping if they thought that I'd lost weight and it's just this wild really peculiar Mm. way to treat as like any person but a young person um but yeah I think the way that there's been some expansion within the beauty and sort of fashion world um in terms of what is celebrated is is amazing but I'm sure it's a very slow process and there's a lot more to be done. Um, 
and as as it's been expanding like there I'm sure there's been some growing pains for the industry and that will have impacted those that are helping that expansion and has it yeah has it been hard to sort of be at the front of that that evolution within media yeah I think I think it definitely has been challenging um and I think with all change whether you know it's about race whether it's about size um there be there there comes difficulty um I wouldn't say necessarily that I have experienced how can I put this I would say there's growing pains in the fact that I've it's it's been a peculiar situation for me in the sense of as the industry has evolved I've come of become of age um Mm. so my evolution has in many ways I think has been uh and uh a kind of not a helpful journey but in the sense of as the industry has evolved and my body has changed and I've grown and um there's been this cohesiveness in if that makes sense so Mm. I know that now I think had had I grown up and been in the industry maybe let's even say 10 years ago I probably would have experienced a lot more growing pains hopefully that makes sense now yeah I probably would have experienced a lot Mm. more growing pains in that way because the industry probably hadn't been definitely wasn't as evolved but in in the same in the same token I think that um the the industry has a lot a a lot more space to grow um and albeit yes uh plus size models are being used a lot more now than 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 ever before um there is still standards within that realm um and there's still the ideal plus size body um and the ideal plus size face um and there have been times where my face and my body has not fit into that standard um so yeah it's 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 a bit of a a difficult and challenging one but I think that as you said you know there's so much more appreciate appreciation and um empowerment around women at the moment um and acceptance and kind of going against the status quo but also going against what society to have told us for 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 centuries if not just years about what the woman's how a woman should be how a woman should look um you know growing up I never I never would have imagined Lizzo a black plus size woman being um one of the most celebrated artists right now um and being celebrated in the way that she is celebrated and being able to show off her body in the way that she does show off her body um and that's incredible I'm so happy now that the younger generation and those who are growing up now have such an example um as Lizzo and have such examples as you know myself and other women um in this industry so yeah that's that's an empowerful 
um, part of it. Yeah, I was, I mean, you've just taken me into my next question perfectly because I was going to talk about having that representation in the media. I mean, I know I've heard firsthand accounts of how damaging it is when you just don't see anyone that looks like you. And I, I've i done a few episodes, in fact, about representation um, in the media. And I think what a beautiful thing that you're able to sort of hold that space that wasn't being held before and um I just was curious what it, what does it mean to you to be able to give that to other women as I, I assume probably it's even more impactful for younger women yeah um for me it's been one of the most healing processes um just in the sense of knowing that um other women can or other young girls can look at me and see see their reflection and even even beyond that but just if I'm looking at it from a selfish point of view a lot of the things that I do really are to kind of soothe um my experiences when I was younger and to just show and prove to my younger self um Mm. So to be able to do that, but then to also be able to do that for other women has been so, so healing, so therapeutic and so necessary. I think it's important that everyone gets to see themselves represented Um, and whether it's about the little um, black girl or the little Hispanic girl or the little South Asian girl, I think that it's important that that representation is there. Um, And I think that we've got a long way to go, even when I think about who is a representation for South Asian plus size women. I can't think of anyone that comes to mind straight away. So Mm. even in that, there's still so much, there's still so much more that needs to be done. Um, but I think that the industry is moving in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. And isn't Lizzo just such a gorgeous example of that? I love, I mean, I'm not someone that fits in in the mold that she's creating, but I feel equally as like, euphoric and uh I feel like I can champion myself more just when I consume everything she's putting out I love it definitely um the beauty of that doesn't it doesn't even it's not even about whether you can look at Lizzo and see necessarily yourself but it's about that you can look at Lizzo and see a woman who doesn't care about what anyone has to say in terms of Lizzo, you should lose weight, or Lizzo, you should look like this, or you should act like this, or whatever. There's this beauty that comes with being able to look at someone and just say, yeah, she's killing it, and she's owning who she is, and I can see the beauty of that, and actually that empowers me to do the same. Um, and whether you your body looks like hers or not shouldn't even be necessarily the, the thing. I think it's just about how carefree and beautiful and intelligent and how she just is just like I'm gonna be who I am and my talent is gonna speak for itself and I can (laughs) play a flute and and shake my heart if I want to (laughs) so I just love that yeah definitely and I think that 
you know, I, I always say to my friends, you don't look at me and love me because I look X, Y, and Z. Okay. So your worth and your lovableness is not coming from your exterior. But I feel that when it's people we don't know, whether they're in the public eye or, I don't know, generally on any form of platform, we're so quick to rip people down based on their exterior. Yeah. And I think someone like Lizzo is creating this, she's like breaking down that distance between us and and making our helping helping us to have a more intimate relationship with a stranger because with her whole vibe that she puts out it feels very like she's celebrating herself yes but in doing that she's celebrating all of us and there's less of a uh divide between this sort of celebrity and public because she's like doing it for everyone in a way even though it is a real a personal celebration at the same time. Um, I think that's a really cool part of being able to own your own story through social media, through having online space. It doesn't have to, I mean, and through her lyrics, but it doesn't have to rely on a third party to translate what you're trying to communicate, be that a journalist or, or you know, just spectators. Definitely, definitely. Um, and that's why I say to people, it's so important that you, you know, you also take that time to curate your, your timeline and, you know, we spend so much time on our phones. So why would you want to spend time looking at accounts and looking at people who make you feel, you know, like you've got to compare yourself to them or that you're not good enough or that you need to do X, Y, and Z to fit into this mold when actually you can follow accounts and people who can make you feel empowered, can make you feel happy, can make you feel like they you can relate to them. We can make conscience, conscious efforts to make um, more positive choices in the way that we consume media but also in the way that we just see other bodies and other women and yeah Lizzo is a great example of that for sure as you've said. Mm. I think there's a lot of critique about social media and how it can uh, enhance insecurities but I always point out as well like you can curate your feed so as you just said you do not need to follow people that are making you feel worse about yourself and I, I go in swings and roundabouts with this myself. I haven't perfected it. Um, but I think maybe like 18 months ago, I went through a big cull and got rid of anyone who made me feel less than. And it's not necessarily their fault. It's pretty much down to what's going on in my head. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, I can cut that <laughs> stimulus out to not get that negative chatter. So I love the uh vivaciousness that is shown on your feed it's so colorful and yeah it feels feels really exciting and a lot of fun I can imagine 
if you're being celebrated for being confident, for being audacious, for for being an advocate for self-love. I'm sure that that doesn't come naturally every single day. Most definitely. How do you handle that when you've kind of been put on this pedestal for being body confident, for self-love, and when you're not feeling that naturally yourself, if you're having a down day, like how do you balance that dichotomy? I think it's so interesting in the in the ways that we as a society um kind of label uh people and label actions and things um I find it interesting that that um people have chosen to label me as a body positive person just due to the fact that I am fat and like to wear different things that maybe are outside the box and albeit that doesn't mean that I'm not necessarily body positive and actually I prefer the the term body neutral um Mm. I find it interesting um and actually I, I I would be completely honest in saying that there was a period of time where I just was not I was not feeling body positive at all and even recently I think maybe a year ago um if not two years ago I found myself just being like I'm taking these pictures and sure like I don't mind them and stuff but I I I'm not like when people are commenting about oh my gosh I wish I had as much confidence as you I'm like hun my confidence is very low right now (laughs) Mm. I don't think you wish to have this level of confidence and and I'm honest about these sorts of things I think that's probably what 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 causes the the label in the sense of I'll happily um and openly speak about the fact that I'm just not feeling great right now and tomorrow will be a new day but right now the sight of me is not really appeasing but tomorrow's a new day and and we're gonna go through these these feelings and these emotions and it's okay but um yeah I think for me personally I'm I'm moving more towards being body neutral than body positive yeah I mean there's so much power in language even that just slight alteration in the term has a lot of impact so you know you've got a pretty big community and following and do you feel when you're going through maybe a less confident or a slight like down day that you when you're being honest about that do you feel really supported and held by that space is it definitely um I've got such an incredible community and I'm so thankful um for the people who follow me I spend so much time (laughs) talking to people who really have just become almost an extension of my family if not really close friends um I spend a lot of time talking about things that are happening in my life things that are happening in theirs um how I'm feeling how they're feeling I think it's that's the beauty of the internet and it's it's probably something that isn't spoken about as much as as it used to be in the sense of you know those I mean not that I was ever on myspace but those myspace days that people talk about where it was just about meeting people and meeting people online and building friendships and stuff like that I think that's still very prevalent today and I'm really thankful that my platform has allowed for that I mean 
my best friend now, Andrea, is someone who I met through Instagram. Um, and some of my closest friends now are, are people that I've met through Instagram. So there is so much power in building a community and finding your tribe because sometimes those people may not be in your local area or sometimes you just may never bump into those people. But um, the, the the internet, the power of the internet and social media allows for those things. So I'm very thankful for that for sure. As am I. I. I lived overseas in Australia for just under four years. I moved back last year and some of my friends actually do you know what here as well I met through Instagram and like you said having that common interest and like some of my friends have been in my life for a really long time and as you grow and mature and age (laughs) um sometimes your interests can become quite different definitely you still have that that love and that history but you're yeah where you want to sort of invest your energy and your learnings can be quite different so to be able to find as you said your tribe is so powerful um and yeah I don't think you're right I think you're right I don't think Instagram and general online fear gets enough credit for that So let's move on to your next audacious experience, which before we dig into, I just want to say that it was audacious in the content, but also in your vulnerability and openness in being willing to share this experience. Sure. So um, I've recently been getting some messages um, from followers who had been speaking about, who had been following me for a long time who had been speaking about how um, different I look and how and how they were trying to pinpoint what the difference was and was it that I had lost weight or was it that I was just super happy and I was glowing or whatever the case was and um, I remember having this conversation with one particular lady and she had said you know you look so much better now you've lost so much weight and I was like I was like, I have actually lost a bit of weight, but it's not about that. I just genuinely am so much happier now. Um, And I think it can be, you can see it, um, especially if you were in my life um, a lot more regularly in the sense of that you were seeing me quite often, because of course we we curate our, our feeds. So of course I'm not posting me crying or bawling my eyes out, but, um, there's a sense of I think sparkle (laughs) I can if Mm. I can say that um that is now back in in my spirit and probably you can see a lot more now um so I had written a tweet actually about the fact that I was so happy that I was no longer really depressed and suicidal in the way that I was in 2018 And that now when I smile, I really smile. um, And it's not necessarily a fake smile anymore. Um, And I delved a little bit more into it in in my post, but I ultimately ended it in the sense of whatever you're going through now and whatever stage you are at in, because, you know, there's stages 
when it comes to depression or, or just general st- sadness, um, whatever stage you are at, there's, there's, I, I guess the cliche, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and I think it, it resonated with a lot of people, whether it was that they had, they had also come out the other end of it or that they were just in the beginning of it. Cause of course, you know, COVID has impacted people in ways that I don't think anyone could have ever predict- predicted, mm. um, whether that be financially, emotionally, physically. Um, so I really, I think I also wanted to have that post that from that standpoint, but it felt like a release um, in terms of the conversations that I was having with people about how different I I looked. Um, it felt like, well, this is this is the reason. This is this is why. If if anything, if you can see anything, this is what it is. Um, I'm just much happier now. I feel like I found peace in who I am and acceptance, but not acceptance in the cliche way of like, oh, I can look at myself and I can be like, yes, I I, I love the way that I look because that's that's not realistic no it's it's realistic but in the sense of there's going to be days where we look at ourselves and maybe we don't like the reflection that we see but just saying this is who I am and this is a part of me this is what makes me the person that I am this is this is this is what my family loves this is what my friends love this is you know what my partner loves whatever the case may be who I this is who I am and and I had found serious acceptance in my journey and what I've been through and the fact that all of those circumstances that had left me feeling so sad and down had also resulted in this, I I don't want to say it to be cringy, but had resulted in this blossoming of a flower. Um, I don't think there's anyone that hasn't had some form of a journey like that and hopefully someone anyone that read that or is listening to this that hasn't got to the blossoming stage yet can find solace in the fact that you know god I've had many journeys like that and over I would say the last like four years for me I'm turning 30 this year and has been a really big arc of that and the metaphor that I draw on um, on a personal level is that of becoming a butterfly and yeah. I think the last few years has been a huge time of of being a chrysalis and like cooking and and brewing and um, yeah. I've been able to do a lot of work on myself and come out the other side and now I really do feel like a butterfly and it's it's uh, not necessarily something that you just get given I think you have to put some work in um but Definitely. there's huge comfort in knowing that you're not the only person feeling a certain way. I definitely thought for a long time I was the only person on planet Earth that was yeah. feeling how I was feeling. So kudos to you for allowing people to realise that they're not alone in those feelings and that it's only one stage of the journey. It's not the end. Right. And I think there's so much beauty in those moments as well. And not beauty in the sense of, not beauty in the sense of, I can look back and say X, Y, and Z, but there's just beauty in the sense of, you've overcome whatever the situation is now that you're in. And I'm sure 
I'm, I'm, I'm adamant that there will be times where it rears its head in again, where there may be times where I'm feeling down again. I'm, I'm positive that will happen. But knowing that I overcame it last time or that I found my ways in, you know, overcoming the anxiety, overcoming the depression, overcoming those thoughts, I can use that to motivate and, and, and help me in the next, uh, the next phase or the next moment, because of course life isn't, it isn't, and happiness isn't a, a, a destination, it's not a, you know, you, you get sad and you are finally happy and then you're just going to stay there, there, there are a multitude of things that can come in and if COVID hasn't taught us that, I don't know what will, but, um, there's beauty in knowing that you can overcome it and sticking it out and being unapologetic in the fact that you are going through something and calling for those that you love. I think that was my biggest thing. I struggled a lot and I think to, to now, even to now I still struggle with that, but asking for help, mm. really asking for help because really and truly that not asking for it is almost a disservice to those who love you and who care about you and they want to show up for you in those ways in those times of need so why would you why would you not allow them to and that's something I've really had to had to kind of get my head my mind around but yeah it's it's a process it's a journey we're all on it we're not alone so yeah yeah it 100% is a journey I couldn't agree more well thank you so much for being again so wonderfully honest I think there's so much power in in connection and when we're open like that we invite that connection in more so than as you said just sort of presenting a, a curated perfect version of life which doesn't exist anywhere but um yeah really grateful and also very admiring of that space that you create I have six questions that I ask every guest so if you're cool we'll jump into them of course okay so what is the first thing you do when you get up in the morning really bad check my phone (laughs) so bad I need to stop it's a common theme it's a common theme Okay, what action feels most like prayer to you? And by that, I mean, what thing that you do makes you feel most connected to your best self? Oh, I like that question. Um, Being still. Mm. Um, This, yeah, this time has taught me that actually this whole busy, busy burnout um, and yeah, burnout is not, is not helpful. It's not it's not what I need. I, sometimes I just need to be still. Um, and I'm really finding solace in stillness. So yeah. I love that. It's quite a hard thing to do. <laughs> oh, it's, it's absolutely petrifying sometimes. Yeah. I think at the beginning of lockdown, I was like, what the hell? Um, just being forced to be still being forced to, you know, think about things that you've been pushing to the back of your mind um it's 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 terrifying but once you get there it's it's a beautiful experience Mm, I agree 
Okay, what is the most audacious thing you've ever done? Oh, I think saying yes to to, to modelling for um, the independent plus size brand that I did when I was so young. I think that was audacious. It's it it kick started my career, um, and I didn't even have a clue about it. So yeah, that that's probably the most audacious thing. What commitment are you going to make to yourself for this coming week? To unapologetically allow my creativity to flow mm. and to communicate better. Mm. <laughs> Those are two things. Okay. Where where do you think you're missing in being a good communicator? Girl. <laughs> <laughs> um no I just I think it's it's one of those things sometimes I'm it's I think it's the sag energy in me sometimes I find myself shutting down um and actually those are those moments when you need to speak up the most uh so yeah just communicating being authentically yourself and just saying no this is how I feel or this is what I actually want um it's so empowering so I need to do more of that I feel like God just told you to say that to me because I need to do that as well. <laughs> okay, when was the last time you felt fearful and how did you handle it? So last year I graduated from university. Um, but in that, being in third year, I wasn't able to manage the workload of university, career, etc. So I had to take a break and I took a, probably it wasn't a year long break, but it was a break all the same and I was petrified that by the end of it I would not be working with anyone I would not get any jobs at all I had I had built this entire clientele that I was seeing every week every other week um and I just had to put a stop to it and I was so fearful and petrified um but once I had graduated I just went full force um and yeah it's it's worked out so um I think I love that example of the last time I used my fear to then just motivate me and say you know what no I'm gonna do this 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 and I lined up everything that I needed to line up and yeah it's really paid off well congratulations on getting your degree and also congratulations on stepping into that fear it sounds like you really carved you. the space you needed so Thank kudos you. Okay, last question. Where is your happy place? Where is my happy place? Barbados. Um, That is a good happy place. Yeah, my family are from Barbados. So a lot of my fondest memories, and actually some of my worst memories, but a lot of my fondest memories, we're talking about happy. (laughs) (laughs) have been on that island and I'm always happy to go home so yeah I love that well Lauren thank you so so much it was a beautiful conversation I'm really just genuinely very grateful to have had this time with you well thank you Hannah I really appreciate it